Good evening, everybody, and welcome into the Thursday night edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's having a great week so far. I know I have here on the podcast. Uh, it's been a great three shows to start the week. I hope to have another great one for all of you tonight. Um, a lot to get into, uh, per usual. Uh, Cole McDonald is going to join me in about 45 to 50 minutes. We're going to get into the NHL trade deadline. We're also going to talk about some golf, uh, You know, some interesting news with Phil Mickelson, we have the Arnold Palmer starting today, one of the best uh, tournaments on the PGA Tour. So we'll dive into a bunch of different topics with Cole. Um, and, you know, there's a lot happening in the world of sports. Obviously, I, I talked, I started yesterday talking about baseball and just, you know, where, where that's going, the lockout, no games, fans, for the correct reasons, being a little pissed off. But... You know, I wanted to start today, and I had a couple different leads that I thought I was going to start with, but really what I want to start with is, and oddly enough, it's Rangers Blues from last night. And, you know, it's probably a game not many of you watched. Uh, I um, I like to sprinkle around. I'm fortunate enough that I have center ice. Well, I pay for it, so I guess I guess I pay for center ice so I can watch any game I want. And I'm looking through that game. It's very interesting. The two teams are going at it. It's a highly contested game. I think the teams are eerily similar. But I get to the third period, and you see the Rangers come back and win. And you're like, okay, they beat St. Louis. It's, it's, it's a one-off game in March. And that's that's true at some level. But I can't back off this. what I'm thinking. is I'm watching the Rangers. They beat St. Louis last night. A good team. They just lost to Pittsburgh. It's a one nothing game. Highly contested. I think that'd be a really good series in the postseason. But I look and say, I love our Tammy Panarin. I love Adam Fox. Ryan Strom's a very serviceable player. Chris Kreider's got 35 goals. Mika Zibanejad. But you can't help but think that they're missing something. They're missing another weapon. I mentioned the other day, I love Keandre Miller. I love Braden Schneider. Ryan Lindgren is an underrated, just a defenseman that nobody will ever brag about. But he's serviceable. He's tough. He gets the job done. But I still think up front, you're missing something. But you're looking at this team that made some changes. Got a new coach, Gerard Gallant. Traded for a guy like like Ryan Reeves, who is really anti NHL right now with the way the game's gone with the you know the fast, less physical, no physicality really game that we see on a night to night basis. And I look and say, what could this team really use? What what is necessary for this team to win a Stanley Cup this year? Which I think they can do. To me, it's Patrick Kane, and I can't get off this thought because the New York Rangers, ladies and gentlemen, have $33 million in cap space. I realize I've referenced that a few times this week, but $33 million. That is more than double the next closest team. That means more than Arizona. More than all these, that's what they have in cap space. A really good team. And Chicago's not going anywhere. 
Disastrous season. Patrick King's got a year left on his deal at 10 and a half. But you're the Rangers. You're young. You're getting better. You could win a cup this season. Why not make that plunge? Why not say, we can have Patrick Kane for two seasons? Because they might have the thought, next year, let's go get Patrick Kane at this point. A year from now, let's go get him at the trade deadline. And this is one of the biggest mistakes teams make is they wait a year too long. Your window is now. You can have a young team, which they do. But that doesn't mean that you should wait. The time is now for the Rangers to go acquire Patrick Kane. If they go get JT Miller, I'm okay with that. Very good player. Change your franchise, potentially. I think you could still win a cup acquiring JT Miller. But you're talking about Patrick Kane, Hart Trophy, Conn Smythe Trophy, three-time Stanley Cup champion, the greatest American-born hockey player in the history of the game. To me, it's not close. Maybe Matthews gets there someday. Not yet. He's done nothing to, to ju- overpass him. I hear that from Leaf fans sometimes. Get back in your Leaf little sailboat and go out to sea. Patrick Kane is the man. Why not? Is Chicago going to want a lot for Patrick Kane? Of course. I just told you his credentials. He's still playing at an elite level with a dumpster fire of a team. Why not go get him? It makes too much sense not to. It's Patrick Kane. And if I'm Chicago, Keandre Miller is coming back. Maybe you want Vitaly Kratzoff in the deal. First-round pick, of course. That has to be included. Multiple firsts. I don't care. I made this point yesterday. First-round picks that are dealt in a trade mean nothing if you win the Stanley Cup. People don't remember the first-round pick that you trade to get a player. Do people reference, oh, well, Tampa, they shouldn't have traded a first-round pick to go get Blake Coleman. Who's Blake Coleman? That's a stupid trade, huh? Won a cup. Do we remember that first rounder? Who did New Jersey take with that first round? Oh, yeah, we don't even remember. We don't even know his name. We remember, oh, Tampa won a cup. Why would Tampa trade a first round pick to go get David Savard? Ugh. Oh, yeah, well, he was there. He got a ring. Do we care? No. What we reference is the teams that deal first round picks and don't win. Maybe that's unfair. I mean, the team that's talked about the most, Toronto. Oh, they traded a first for Nick Foligno? Well, yeah, you're out in the first round. That doesn't look very good. And it's a tough pill to swallow. But I would always rather have a GM that says, fuck the picks as the owner of the LA Rams. He wore a, he wore a sweater at the Super Bowl parade that said F the picks, meaning draft picks. He's made one first-round pick since 2016. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. Picks are useless if you're hoping to win. 
Because unless you're drafting high, and even if you are, there's no guarantee that player's going to play or have an impact on your team. The Rangers, the first couple of years of Alexi Lafreniere's career, were not a playoff team. They weren't good. They were developing. Nico Heischer's been on New Jersey forever. They haven't been good since he's been there. Same with Jack Hughes. I could go through players. But to me, the New York Rangers have everything you'd want in a team. Superstar goaltender. Star players up front. I think Panarin's very good. I don't think he's a superstar, but I think he's very good. A superstar on the back end in Adam Fox with a plethora of really good defensemen alongside him. Smart head coach. What you're missing is that just that game breaker. The guy in the clutch moment where he said he can score a goal for us. We trust him in, late in the third, he can score a goal. Or we go into overtime, he can get the game winner. Patrick Kane's done it all in this league. He scored the game six overtime winner to clinch Chicago's first Stanley Cup. Nobody in the Rangers can say that. Mika Zibanejad could reference scoring the World Junior uh, gold, you know, golden goal against the Russians in a one nothing game. That was a lot, like a decade ago. And that's a little different platform than NHL game is on the line. We need you to score a goal. You need certain guys. You need a game breaker. And I also think acquiring Patrick Kane is sending the ultimate message to your team. We can win it now. Because maybe you know, the players likely believe. But if you get that shove in the ass, you get that candlestick to the rear end with a guy like Patrick Kane coming in the door there's no there's no okay I think do they believe in us do they not it's holy shit they just went and got Patrick Kane we might win the Stanley Cup Chris Drury thinks we can win a Stanley we we can win a Stanley Cup this year it changes the conversation the New York Rangers are really good really good but they're in a tough division, they're in a tough conference. It's going to be extremely difficult for anyone in the East to get out of there. The Carolina Hurricanes are very good. Toronto Maple Leafs are a good team, despite last night's effort. Florida's very good. Tampa, Pittsburgh, Boston's not bad. Washington, I have no faith in. But you go through that list. Six of those eight, I feel very confident about that they're going to be a tough out. You need to be locked and loaded. You need to have the best possible team because you're going to run into different teams that provide different challenges. It's different. To, it's you got to play Toronto than playing, say, Carolina. They play very different styles. They play different systems. You need to be prepared for all of it. Patrick Kane's played all of it. He's been through wars with the Kings. He went through those battles, got through it. The skilled series against the Vancouver Canucks, he played in those. Every possible situation you can think of, Patrick Kane has done it. He's gotten through it, and he's done it with a smile on his face and a ring on his finger. It's going to be tough for a team to pull off a trade for a guy like Patrick Kane other than the Rangers. It's the perfect storm. They have the cap room. They have the artillery, the firepower. They have players to send back. 
and they have a good enough team that if you have to trade a Keandre Miller, you have to trade a Braden Schneider in order to acquire Patrick Kane, you'll be good enough to survive it. You'll be good enough to get to the promised land, to win. Now, will they do it? We'll have to wait and see. But they should do it because I think the New York Rangers, who haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1993, can win one in 2022. We'll wait and see on that. Um, Today's poll question, who's most likely to be traded at this year's trade deadline? There's three options. Jacob Chikrin, young defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes. John Klingberg, unrestricted free agent defenseman for the Dallas Stars. And JT Miller, the, the centerman who's having a career year for the Vancouver Canucks. To me, the I think these trades are all tough to pull off. That's why I wanted the, the poll to be, because I think this is a tricky question. My answer is Miller. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Dave, I see you in the comments. I, I'm also going Miller. Um, the reason I say that is... Chikrin's got three years left, so that would be appealing uh, to acquire me of him on term. He's not making crazy money. Um, if you look past his plus-minus stats that I don't really value, he's a good defenseman. He has his warts. He does need to improve, but he's also playing on a very terrible team, let's be honest here. Klingberg. I think Dallas, in a perfect world, would love to trade John Klingberg. But... They're also in a situation where they are playing great hockey. They went from a team that says, well, we're in the conversation with Winnipeg. is maybe the most disappointing team. We're not winning anything. We're going to be sellers. We got so many players that we could deal. But now they're on a tear. I believe the Dallas Stars, they found a goalie in Jake Ottinger. Joe Pavelski's playing well. Rupe Hintz, Dennis Gurionov. Jason Robertson's been a great player the past two seasons. And, you know, if you're going to make the playoffs in the lesser of the two conferences, why not Dallas? And it would be tough to let Klingberg walk for nothing, but Dallas got to a Stanley Cup final two years ago. Nobody expected them to. Do I expect Dallas to get there? I don't. But... That doesn't mean they they can't. They beat Colorado a few years ago. Things happen. Injuries, bad bounces. Things can break your way. Dallas can find themselves in a Stanley Cup final again. They have a, a good roster. You get great goaltending, who knows? So I the way they keep playing, they beat LA last night, a team they're directly competing for a playoff spot with. So I don't see them trading John Klingberg. And that brings us to Jacob Chikrin. Uh, sorry, uh, to JT Miller. I apologize. JT Miller, and again, this one is tough. But I look at the situation with him in Vancouver. They're behind Edmonton. They're behind Vegas. They're behind LA. They're behind Anaheim. Behind Calgary, obviously. I don't see Vancouver making the playoffs. They might 
they could keep JT Miller the rest of the year, compete, and find themselves three to four points out, which is the worst place to be because you get a mid-level draft pick. You competed, but you get nowhere. Your team is worse off for it, in my opinion. And you're left with JT Miller sitting there, and he's a UFA next year. I just mentioned Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, for that matter, who are both acquired by Tampa Bay with a year left on their deal at the, at the trade deadline that they were acquired in. It's basically a season and a half that you get that player. That's the situation JT Miller's in, where he is playing fantastic. He makes a, around $5.5 million. He's over a point per game this season. And you're going to have him for two playoff runs if you're a really good team. If you're New York, like I mentioned, you get JT Miller this year and next year to go win a cup. If you're the Minnesota Wild, who are struggling to score goals right now, you get JT Miller for two postseasons. It's very hard to for Vancouver, and I think you also look at the GM there. It's Jim Rutherford. This guy is not afraid to make moves. He's not going to be shying away from trading a JT Miller because the fan base doesn't like it. He's not going to care. Jim Rutherford's going to do what he thinks is best for the organization, which is what he should do. And a team that's not going to make the playoffs, a team I don't think is particularly great, their back end still is really porous. It's really tough to sell yourself on the Vancouver Canucks going forward. So, to me, you get all that you can for him right now. And maybe you trade him to a team where you can get a defenseman in return. And this is almost where I think GM should evolve. And GM should really say, well, we could get a first-round pick in the 2022 draft. That could be compelling. But if I'm a general manager and I'm trading away an asset like a JT Miller, that's worth a lot. I'm looking for a defenseman that is at least playing pro hockey or that you know the prospect is already well-developed. And I think you can look around. I mentioned New York a lot to start the show, but I think this is a team, they have so much cap space, it's the easiest team to make a deal with. Braden Schneider and Keandre Miller are playing NHL games right now. So you could say, screw the first. Maybe you can get both. Maybe. But I would rather have a player I could plug and play in my lineup, and you know that he's there. He's playing on your team after the deal. You might not make the playoffs, but he's part of your culture. He's part of your rebuild moving forward. You can get a first-round pick, and he could hit. He could but it's I'd rather have the product in front of me. In particular, first round picks are only valuable if you know what you're do if you if you know what you're doing when you're drafting. Teams that have a terrible draft history, what's a first round pick worth? To Edmonton for about six, seven years, what was a first round pick? They had first overall picks year after year over year. How did that help them? If you're drafting flops, Craig Eagles joined me last night. We talked about the 2015 draft for the Boston Bruins. They took Jake DeBrusque, Jakob Zaborl, and Zach Senshin. Matt Barzell was there. Thomas Shabbat was on the board. 
and um, Kyle Connor. Those are tough players to miss on. Could add all three. You didn't. Hindsight's 2020. But for Vancouver, they drafted defenseman high a few years ago. You might remember this. Olu Levy. He's playing in the AHL for Florida now. Do they don't have a great history with drafting recently? Quinn Hughes, really good player. His Patterson hasn't exactly panned out. So you can get a defenseman on your roster that's playing NHL games or at least playing pro hockey or in the last couple of years of junior where they look like a great player. That that would interest, interest me more, quite frankly, because I'd want a player that I know can play. And I get that's a tough sell for a team that wants to win a cup. Because you're saying, well, I don't want to give up a player off my roster. But I guarantee you, the Rangers are going to have to. Because they're going to look at those two defensemen and say, I want one of them. Because I think they're elite, elite guys. Or I want, say Calgary makes another trade. Here's just a thought. Calgary acquired Tyler Toffoli. I don't know if they'll acquire another forward, but just play along with me for a second. I think if you call Calgary... They dealt the first, but they might want, say you had the first on the roster. I'd say screw the first round pick. Give me, give me Jakob Peltier, former Moncton Wildcat. He's lighting up the AHL, could play in the NHL if he wasn't on such a good team, playing in Stockton right now. I take it because he's playing AHL hockey. He's getting reps. He could play the last 15 games of the season with your roster, make the team out of training camp next year. You take a first, you have to scout, you have to draft, you have to develop. You're taking away the steps to get a player on your roster. Because say you're Vancouver, you might not win this year, but Jim Rutherford, they didn't bring him in to Vancouver for a decade-long rebuild. He doesn't do those. That's why he left Pittsburgh when he did. He likes to compete. He wants to win Stanley Cups. He's got three Stanley Cup rings on his mantle. He's not waiting around. So a Jakob Peltier might be really appealing to a guy like Jim Rutherford because he could play, play on our team next year. We got Peltier in here. Hopefully Pedersen can improve. Resign Besser. Um, Vitsaly Podkolzin. Hope he can take the next step. All of a sudden, you got some young talent on your team. Surround them with some veterans. Who knows? Maybe you make the playoffs. Maybe some things happen. But... I think acquiring a player, the first is appealing. But draft picks are meaningless unless you hit. And I, I just think that's a stone-cold fact. Look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the NFL is such an example because the draft is so talked about, but why do you think the New York Jets have been so bad for so long? Because they couldn't draft. The Denver Broncos have been searching for a quarterback since John Elway left. The one time they got one was Peyton Manning, who was a free agent. It wasn't a draft pick. They went through Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, um, Drew Locke, all draft picks. 
that didn't turn out. So people can have all the draft capital they want. But unless you take the right players, draft picks are irrelevant because your team still is going to be back where it was when you had all the draft picks. You're selling the good players you have to get more draft picks. Wash, rinse, repeat. Buffalo, the Jets, the Knicks, all these crap organizations, that's all they do. What you do is you sell to your fan base. We have hope because we have all these draft picks all wrapped up. We got 10 picks in the issues draft, Timmy. Woo, can't wait till April 30th. Then you draft crap, 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 and then you're you're back to square one. It's a it's a mirage. But that's that can be pro sports. You can spend all kinds of money. If you don't spend it on the, the correct players. You're done. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. It's funny to mention baseball right now because they're not even playing. If you look at the Rays, the Oakland Athletics, they spend no money. They're cheap. But do they draft well? Yeah. Do they develop? Yeah. They have the lowest payrolls in baseball, but somehow they make the playoffs every year. The Red Sox three years ago had the highest payroll. They didn't make the playoffs. That's, it doesn't, draft picks and money are only valuable if you know what you're doing with them. And that can, you go, just look at or, different organizations. Like the Rangers, it's tough to trust them because you like Gerard Gallant. You like um, Chris Jury. I think he's a good GM. But who's above him? Oh, yeah, Dolan. One of the worst owners in pro sports. A clown. His beloved, air quotes, New York Knicks have been a flat-out joke for over a decade. That's who's handling the finances. So when you... You really peel back the onion, you're like, uh oh, we got Dolan. Or even you just look at organizations. You don't you don't like what you see because you're like, oh God. Like Montreal fans, is Jeff Molson? I don't know if I really trust him. Do I really they got a long leash, then they get a short leash. And you never seem like they know what's going on in Montreal. They never do. That's why they haven't won in quite a while. But, again, it to get back to it, I think JT Miller, I'll ask Cole this when he joins, but I think JT Miller will be moved. I don't think the other two will. Eileen Chikrin, second which I think that would be a big trade to make. But, I mean, Arizona's got to put somebody on the ice. you got to get to the cap floor. I mean, they're going to be rolling in the dough in that 5,000-seat arena at Arizona State the next couple of years, which is you know, so much money's going to be pouring in, they're going to have a hard time counting it all. But you're going to have to put somebody in the seats. You're going to have to... You're going to have to say, okay, we got to fill a roster here. 
And Chikrin is an NHL player at least. So they could deal him if a team really is high on him. But you know, I fear for him that this season has really killed his his reputation, has killed his desirability, if you will, because I don't think a lot of teams look at him and say, yeah, we got a guy who's dash 36, not having a great offensive production of a season. Yeah, well, let's go trade for him. And again, plus minus is irrelevant to me. It's a stat that I think is archaic. But maybe his underlying numbers, expected goals, all that crap uh, is is a big one, is is bad too. I'm sure it is. I mean, he's got he's not having a great season. So we'll see what comes of that. But I lean JT Miller uh, from the poll question today. But like I said, I'll ask Cole when he joins the next 15 to 20 minutes. Um, interesting story. I touched on this on the end of the podcast yesterday, but I wanted to elaborate more on it today. If you haven't followed the NFL media this week, there's been a couple different stories. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians eventually apparently had a rift in Tampa Bay, which is new to me, but it doesn't surprise me. Bruce Arians doesn't seem like the nicest man in the world. You know, he slapped the player on the back of the helmet this season. I mean, he's seems like a mean old man, but whatever. Um, Aaron Rodgers always in the news again. I'm not going to talk about him. He, I'm so tired with Aaron Rodgers and all the nonsense that he spews on a daily basis. But what has interested me is the story of Kyler Murray. And obviously, Monday, Kyler Murray's agent released a statement saying Kyler is committed to the Arizona Cardinals and wants to stay in Arizona, but. But we want to be compensated for. We want to, we've improved every year. You know, we feel we're getting better. And we we want we're committed, but we want to be protected. We want to be financially set for the rest of for the next number of seasons. Okay. So let's go through it. Uh for Kyler Murray. Has he improved the team? Yes. They had three wins when he got there. That's why he went first overall. He got to 11 wins last year. Okay. Three seasons into his career. But, and like I say every day, there's always a but. He's never won a playoff game. Never won a division. And made the playoffs last year and got destroyed by the eventual Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. He's averaging 26 touchdowns. 11 interceptions a season. Good numbers, not great. Has missed an average of two games per season since his career started. Not great. And, you know, there's always been this apparent rift or butting of heads, if you will, between Kyler and head coach slash offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury was a coach that really did not earn an NFL job. Was a coach in college that had a sub-500 record. That was hired because he was an offensive genius. He knew Kyler from their time together at Texas Tech until Kyler transferred to Oklahoma. Kyler went on to win the Heisman. The rest of the story, as you know, 
is he went first overall. He's in Arizona. But Kingsbury always starts off hot, as do the Cardinals. 7-0 start this past year. Look like they're going to win the NFC West. Potentially be a big threat to win the Super Bowl. But they don't even end up winning their division. They lose four of the last five games down the stretch. Kyler had an okay season, but his backup, Colt McCoy, won both of his starts. And going 11-6, and six, good season. But again, not great. But through this all, you can blame the play calling. Kyler has, you know, they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins in the playoffs, one of the best receivers in football. And Kyler feels like he deserves to be paid. Well, I'm sure he was, after releasing this statement, I'm sure he was thrilled to hear yesterday that head coach Cliff Kingsbury and general manager Steve Keim were extended through the 2027 season. So meaning head coach and GM are financially secure, which is what Kyler Murray is seeking, while Kyler remains on his rookie contract hanging into his fourth season where the team could then pick up the fifth-year option on his contract if they do so and not have to extend him long-term. Now, do I think Kyler Murray deserves 40 to $50 million? That's what he's going to want. I don't. I don't trust Kyler Murray to be a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. And this is the problem with the NFL. Now it's, well, the last guy got this, I deserve this. No. And it's happening in the NFL media. Tony Romo got $18 million or 18 and a half, over a million dollars a game to work at CBS. Do I think Tony Romo is the best play by, uh, color analyst in the NFL? I don't. But he still makes that. He's opened up the door for Troy Aikman, Al Michaels, Joe Buck to get large raises for calling games. Guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen have raised the mantle, have raised the salary for guys that are not as good as them to get bucket loads of money to play quarterback. And in life, there are people that are just better than others at, at their job. And they deserve to make more money. Now, every athlete is overpaid. Let's just make that clear. But do I think Kyler Murray is better than Josh Allen? I don't. Do I think Kyler Murray is better than Patrick Mahomes? I don't. I don't believe he's better than Deshaun Watson. I don't believe he's better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe he's better than Tom Brady. There are a number of quarterbacks out there that I just don't think he's better than. He doesn't deserve that money. He's not better than Matthew Stafford. Do I think he's better than Justin Herbert? I don't. Do I think he's better than Joe Burrow? No, I almost, I'm almost at 10 quarterbacks that I don't think he's better than. And just because you're next man up does not mean you should make 40 to $50 million. You shouldn't. Dak Prescott got a large sum of money from the Dallas Cowboys because they were stuck 
we pay Dak what he wants or we go back down the pit of despair where we don't have a quarterback, America's team, we stink again, fans are upset. Well, they give Dak all the money and they still don't win anything. He, he Dak Prescott, through signing bonus and salary, made seven, that's not even bonus, made $75 million last year. The highest paid quarterback in the NFL last season was Dakota Rain Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys did not win a playoff game. And this is a cautionary tale. There's a lot of cautionary tales. Kirk D. Cousins and Matt Ryan are going to have the two highest cap hits in the NFL this season. Neither of these quarterbacks made the playoffs last season. Now you could point to, well, their teams weren't any good. Okay. Well, Minnesota Vikings play in the NFC North. Last time I checked, Chicago and Detroit in the NFC North, meaning you win all four of those. That's at least four wins. Get one against the Packers, that's five. You're halfway there. Kirk D. Cousins, stat warrior, doesn't win big games. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's cap hit this year is going to be $43.8 million. I thought Kirk D. Cousins was going to be the most. I was wrong yesterday. It's Matt Ryan who's going to have the largest cap hit in all of football next season, which is crazy. But these long-term contracts where you give the quarterback Next man up tight money without thinking of what might happen. How you're not going to be able to get good enough players to play with these guys. Or maybe, just maybe, they're not that good, but I'm desperate, so I give them the money. These type contracts are cautionary tales. They are warnings to teams like Arizona with Kyler Murray. To teams like Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Different. But this could also be included. Teams like the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's in a different... I, I like Lamar more than I like these two quarterbacks. But Lamar Jackson's starting to get more and more injured. He's not as accurate as he once was. Are we starting to see Lamar slip before he even gets his big contract? I really hope not because I root for Lamar Jackson. He's one of the most entertaining players to watch but is he like a running back where he's going to take so many hits, eventually the wheels are going to come off? And could that be before a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes? We'll have to wait and see. But if I'm just to point out the two Oklahoma quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, I'm not paying them 45 to $50 million. I'm not. Because quite frankly, they haven't earned it. Being desperate and thinking a guy might win you a Super Bowl and you're not 100% confident that you think he, he can get you there, that doesn't mean you should pay him just so you can stay competitive. You might have to reset. You might have to pivot. You might have to make a change and say, you know what? Fan base... We drafted Baker. He wasn't the right pick. Clearly, he wasn't the right pick. 
because Josh Allen was in that draft. Josh Allen, the thoroughbred, the stud, clearly the best player available. Now, Mel Kuyper Jr., the NFL, the mothership draft analyst, actually had in his mock draft said they should take Josh Allen one. So good on Mel. But to me, you earn your money. You earn that. Just because your contract's up or you're upset you played three years, you didn't get the money already. Josh Allen might have got his contract after year three. Patrick Mahomes might have got his contract after year three. All these players might have. That doesn't mean you should. Patrick Mahomes won an MVP in a Super Bowl before his third season. Josh Allen hasn't had that type of success in the postseason, but he's played at a phenomenal level. You could argue he's the runner-up for the MVP the last two years. When have either of these two guys even been in the MVP conversation midway point of a season? Never. I like watching Kyler. He's one of the most electric players in the game. His little legs, you never know what he's going to do. But just because he's entertaining, just because he's fun to watch, doesn't mean he's worth that type of investment. Doesn't mean that he's the quarterback of the future. Doesn't mean that he's the guy that you should give a bucket load of money to. Look back in two seasons and say, what the hell did we do? We get an untradeable contract, we're in cap hell, and our team stinks. Arizona's in a delicate position because they have a guy they took first overall. You got to hope, I hope Kyler can succeed. I don't root against anybody. Arizona's got a coach they just extended who has proven nothing so far at the NFL level. I don't know why they extended him. I wouldn't extend. I view Kingsbury very similar as I view. Kyler Murray, prove it. Win some playoff games. Win a division, you'll get an extension. Put him under the same microscope. Put them on the same level so that their goals can be aligned. Now, Kyler Murray is, I bet, pissed off. He's upset that Kingsbury is getting something that he wants before, before he does. I mean, let's just go think of having a sibling. And... Your sibling gets a cookie, but you don't. You're pissed off. You're mad. It's petulant. It's childish. But that's pro sports. There's a lot of petulance. There's a lot of childish in pro sports. Kyler Murray might throw a fit and say, why did he get something that I and I didn't? This is creating a divide for no, for no reason. Because they extended Cliff Kingsbury through 2027. That doesn't mean anything. The NFL prints money. He could go 6-11 and 11 next year and get fired. He'd he get paid out the last four years. He co he's coaching college next year. That could happen. But he doesn't deserve that. But neither does Kyler. And every year there's a draft. Every year there's player movement. Every year there's rumors. Arizona hosts the Super Bowl. You want to earn that money, Kyler? You want to earn a big contract? You want to sit at the big boys' table with Mahomes, Josh Allen, and the guys who are there but don't really deserve to be there? They're like on the, 
they're at the table of the wedding where it's the people that you invited, but you didn't expect to come with Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, then win. Win. Be the third team in a row to the home team to get to the Super Bowl. Then we'll see what happens. Again, interesting uh, development in Arizona uh, with Kyler Murray. Uh, wait and see what happens. I don't expect him to be uh, extended this offseason. I have a take uh, when it comes to – I do have a take when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to save that take for tomorrow, uh, a little hot one for Aaron Rodgers where I think if he doesn't go back to the Packers where I think he should want to go and a team that should be looking to um, acquire him anytime. But I see uh, our guest is on the line, so I'm going to bring him in here, uh, Good, my good friend, and uh, – Constant performer, and uh, gotta love the jersey behind him. Uh, it could be dealt at the deadline, but uh, Cole McDonald joins us. Cole, uh, good to see you again, my friend. How are things? Oh, thanks for having me, Joe. No, uh, you, you put the Rad Radulov jersey up just for tonight, or do you have that up there all the time? No, I just put it up just for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I, I appreciate it. Back in the old days with, with the Preds. Um, last time you were on, we talked about Dallas quite a bit and how they're they're an interesting team because they're on the outside looking in. But I guess us talking about them, the only uh, the only pair that's talked about them probably all season uh, in the media, they catch a heater. They're right in the playoff hunt now. I still think they're one of the most interesting teams come deadline time, but do you think this team will be as active as, as we expected them to be? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Jug. Um, they're playing it by year, I think, right? If they go on a skid, they're ready to sell. And I think if they heat up, they're uh, ready to pick up a few guys. Pavelski is a huge trade chip, I think. Mm -hmm. Whether you keep them or trade them, I mean, depends on they do. Klemberg too. Their hands are kind of tied. Um, they're I, I if I was is Nil there's Nil still the GM there? I think so. Yeah. If I was him, I'd wait till the last second, really. Right. Because like you look at them a couple years ago, they almost almost won a cup. Mm -hmm. And to me, they have more of a playoff team than a regular season team. Right. Um, older guys who want it. Like I know you mentioned earlier. Um, Pavelski, like he's hungry for it. He's got close a lot, and uh, he's a he's someone you want on your team if you're going for a cup. I I think, and uh, there's a lot of guys on Dallas that are looking for that cup, and there's not much time left for them. Yeah, and I I think it could pro possibly bring Pavelski back. I think he would maybe want to return to Dallas because he's yeah. not a guy that's moved around in his in his career. Obviously, he I think family situation he'd want to probably stay there after being in San Jose for so long, but Klingberg is tough. And, and I'll bring in the, the poll question today, most likely to be traded uh, during, during the trade deadline period, Jacob Chikrin, JT Miller, or John Klingberg. What, what's your take there? I think Klingberg just because Dallas is, I don't want to say deep, but they have a lot of guys there that they're paying. Uh, he wants a pay raise and a pretty big one. I think he's going to have to find a home on a low-budget team. Really, I think he's going to command. I think he's asking like nine or something. Pretty, yeah, pretty high. So it's 
hard for any team to really f- to fit that. I mean, if you do, you're kind of saying goodbye to Pavelski. Um, I would trade him. I think a lot of teams could use him if you get a good return. Yeah, I, I think he's the first one gone, but at the same time, I really like Klimberg, but he's more of a regular season guy than a playoff guy. I don't know if, like, you mentioned him to Toronto or people think about him in Toronto. I, I think he's a good defenseman, and every team would be glad to have him, but Toronto doesn't need a Klingberg. Right. A lot, a lot of teams don't need that Klingberg. A lot of those top teams already have their offensive guy, in, in my mind, anyways. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, I wonder where he would go. I find that interesting because he's got a, a decent cap hit now. And um, looking forward for him, is he like this summer's, you know, is he last year's Dougie Hamilton where he goes to a bad team and he signs you know, a huge ticket and then that team is terrible again? I think so. and Or yeah. close to it. And I chose him because those other two guys, I don't think they have to move Miller. They can bring him back and they can bring back Chikrin. Chikrin's a guy, if you get what you want, you take it, but mm-hmm. you can keep him too. He's a great defenseman. He's young. Um, yeah, I can see – I see a lot of similarities there this offseason. Klimberg, if he wants the money, he's going to have to go to a, a shitty team. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for the deadline, is there a team that really jumps out to you that screams John Klingberg? Uh, not really, but like I said earlier, he's not a guy I want. I think of in a big playoff run. Some, I think a lot of the teams, maybe Calgary, but a lot of the teams already have their offensive guy. Really, I mean, mm. what's he gonna do in Colorado? I don't think he's a good fit in Colorado. Um, Tampa, a lot of the Eastern teams, New York, they kind of have their guys, and I don't think he's. I don't think he's high. That's a weird thing. I don't think he's high in a lot of people's books just because unless you re- like maybe Calgary, but unless you really need that offensive defenseman, I don't, I don't know. They're going to want the moon for him too. Rightfully so. He's a really good player. Yeah. I, I look at like, I don't think I agree. I don't think New York would want him and I'm sure Dallas would say, okay, in the deal, give us Keandre Miller, which I don't want to do. If I'm getting, if I'm getting a rental, I'm not trading Keandre Miller for him. No, or not, not Lumberg anyway. No, no, no. Chick no. okay, maybe, yeah, sure, but not Iggy said a rental, I go. Let me pitch you something I've been kind of floating the last couple of days. Um, I look at, you know, Chicago gets a new general manager, Kyle Davidson. He's been there for 12 years, but he's a new GM. Kane has, Patrick Kane is a year after this left on his deal, 10 and a half, big ticket, but still really good hockey player, as you know. Yeah. New York Rangers have 30 million in cap space. They have a good team. I watched their game last night. I I think they're really good. I don't know what the current team if they could win a cup. I think with a, a big change they can. What do you think about Patrick Kane going to the Rangers? Do you think that that could happen? Do you like that I my proposal there? Uh I don't mind it. Um the money thing is a big issue. Yeah. Most times you're talking these these players they're not worth their money when you're trying to trade them. But I think Patrick Kane is worth the money. Um, and if he gets traded, in my opinion, he won't be traded unless he's retained half his salary. And not that he's not worth the money. It's that he's going to be traded to a top contender. And he's not going to move unless he goes to a Stanley Cup team, I think. And he might still say no. 
um i it's possible and you have all that money but next year you have uh fox jumping up nine mm-hmm. and uh zabinajad zabinajad jumping up to eight and a half or something or yeah and is lafreniere and kako they're still got a year left they each got a late year left okay yeah but i just think there's a lot of money they have 30 million this year but i don't think they have even close to that next year right where if you take on that 10 uh i kind of see patrick kane going to a a team ready to you know what i mean just their last kick at the can you get the guy i pittsburgh or washington i really like them going to washington okay um, just because those teams have won um and if you look at how they've won in my opinion they just did the rebuild right they they hit the floor. They got, if you look at Pittsburgh, they got Flurry, Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, and a couple others. Like, you have to tank, in my opinion, to win. Or those in Washington, they had, but Ovi was a high Backstrom, pick. Backstrom. Yeah. Uh, Alsner. Now I know he's not a superstar, but he helped that Carlson. team. Yeah. Carlson. Yeah. And all around that, you know, I mean, four year, five year block. So these teams know, I think they're, and they won, which is different. So they, yeah. They won. They know what it takes, and they're willing. They're, I think those fans are willing to go through a rebuild because they can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. We just did it with Crosby, and I, I, I see him really fitting in well in Washington. You have the, to me, the best goal scorer in the game. You can argue Matthews, and that's fair. Um, but Ovi's, if you have Patty Kane feeding Ovi the puck, I just, I don't know. I love that. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't know. I also have another guy going. I think Washington should go all in. You have your guys are older. Um, I don't see Ovi being a threat for five years. I do see him being a good player for two more years, three more years, maybe. Um, or that high caliber player he's like the season he's having this year. Right. So why not throw everything for Patrick Kane and maybe one of his buddies on that team? Like, you know, if you win, you win. You already won. And if you yeah. lose, start the rebuild. You know what it's, I mean, like two more years of it or whatever. Like you wait till Kane's gone. But I think, and you can sell it to those fan bases where New York, you have a lot. Of- um, so, and you're not getting Patty Kane unless you're selling. You're going to have to pay. Condre- Keandre Miller, Kako mm-hmm. or Lafreniere, picks. Um, I could see what okay. Here's what I have for okay. Kane. Just it kind of makes sense for Washington. Now I know Washington's kind of backstepping now because they're not. But East is set for playoffs. Those eight teams yep. are in my mind, and there's really a huge gap, so they're in. Um, I like love Kane to Washington. Just that mm-hmm. Ov Kane Backstrom. That's a nice line. Then you got Koo. What do you got? Koozie, Wilson Oshi. I think yep. you can win again easily with that. Um, right. Washington's problem is between the pipes, but there's another guy in Chicago there that could maybe try. <laughs> but if you could get both those guys, they have the thing with Washington. Mantha is like, I find he's a good player. He's hurt. I think that's someone that Chicago would take on. Um, I don't know about that. No, I just I I don't even know what to think about Chicago. Like, I love Kane. I think Taze is decent player set jones but after that it's yeah it's, it's weird mm-hmm. like if i was washington i'd throw whatever i have my first mantha samson off 
give me those two guys and we're going to have two years kicking at it. Now I know you don't get Flurry for two. And I don't think mm-hmm. Flurry wants to go, but he might go. I, I think he'd go to I think he'd go to Washington because it's close to Pittsburgh. If that makes sense. Yeah, and shove it down Pittsburgh's throat too. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I look at Washington. I don't know what they you mentioned Mantha, like picks. I think it's tough because, I mean, what's the going rate for Flurry? I feel he's not that playing that great, but because he's the best goalie available, I assume he's gonna it's gonna be a first round pick to get him. Uh, and Kane's likely multiple picks. And in saying that, you're eating both their salaries, half of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, yeah, it's true too. Um, but if you're Chicago, what what if you counter and say, okay, well, we want Tom Wilson. I don't think they will do that. Um, Lapierre, I just because they have, to me, they have a two-year two, two year window, three-year window. Maybe. And if you get Kane, you got those two years, and then he's probably yeah. moving on or retiring or whatever, going to the K for 20. Yeah. Um, yeah well, um, not anymore. Uh, would you take Samson off in the deal if you're Chicago? If you get Flurry, I think you have to. Why not roll yeah. the dice? He, you're not like he doesn't have a huge binding contract. If he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out, and you can easily move on. Right. And I think yeah, he has a lot of upside. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't rule him out yet. Like you said, he's young. He's a goalie. People go through stuff. I mean, Fukali's just getting to the NHL now, and he's 27. So you know. Yeah. Um. So Washington, that's interesting. You said you had another team potentially for, or for Pittsburgh. Kane? Just these guys at the end of the their end of their run, and they, I think their fans will accept a sell for sell the farm for a last kick at the can, and right. I think they have a legit chance. Pittsburgh and Washington have done it. Yeah. Um, I just find you have three or four stars, you can get it done. If you if you throw Patty Kane on Pittsburgh too, like I just want to see Patty Kane with another superstar because he is unreal and he's unreal by himself really if you ask me like yeah. look nothing against the brinkhead i think the brinkhead's a good player but look how good he makes the brinkhead as a player mm-hmm. he's almost I agree. To a 40 goal score when if the brinkhead's on montreal this year he's fought in 15 right yeah but you put him with sid malkin ovi these other old guys like and who's Kane? pittsburgh gonna trade though to, oh, to dick Kane? They yeah got that, they got nobody yeah, I don't know. A couple buses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only nice thing about Kane is he's a great player, and it's not like a lot of times you see these guys traded, there's five or six years left, and it's like the right. team's panicking, everyone's panicking. You're getting a good player, and he's only got one more year left, and he's worth his money. Like next yep. year, if you pay him 10, it's not like, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> he's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, absolutely. Um, Say Fleury doesn't go to Washington. What about Minnesota for Mark Andre Fleury? Uh, I like that. Any team who doesn't have a stud, um, I I don't think you can win a cup without a stud. I think Binghamton isn't a stud, but that playoffs he turned into one. Right. Um, I don't think Talbot gets the job done, and he's a good goalie, but I don't think he's a Stanley Cup goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be the difference. Of a lot of teams, I just, you can go far, but you gotta need four rounds of a solid, healthy goalie, like twenty-one games straight. You're not switching goalies. Fuck, that doesn't work. 
or no. I haven't seen, really seen it work. Maybe I'm wrong, but you need a gun starter franchise goalie to win a cup in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Who do you like better, uh, Mini or St. Louis? Their teams as of right now. Uh, Minnesota's playing really well, but uh, I I really like their team. But I just back to my other point. St. Louis got it done. They're deep. They're a, they're a playoff team. Um, I feel bad for St. Louis because I feel like they almost have to battle to get in the playoffs. But once they're in, that's a nice, heavy, deep. Oh, we lost we lost your sound, uh, Cole. Oh, got her back. Yeah, you're back in now. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Forget where I was at, but yeah, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I you know watching that St. Louis Ranger game last night. Like, St. Louis is good. Like Thomas Barbashev, like O'Reilly Perron. He said that, that's they're built for the playoffs. Like they're, they're just tough bastards like they're heavy and honestly they might have a bennington 2.0 but it might be Billy huso because i think if the playoffs started today he would get the start in game one over bennington yep i agree yeah it's and faults quietly had a really good season as well uh justin fault you know he's kind of much maligned because they had to, they got him to replace petrangelo but you know he's had a really good season as well so i i wouldn't want to play st louis in in the playoffs no, they're they're very deep and they play the right way. And one, I really like Barube as well. Yeah, I think the players like them and they just play the right way. And seven game series, that's kind of way you have to play. And it's a team you you need a team like that, a big physical team. I I think who can also skate and play. Right. Um, who's the best team in the Western Conference? Uh, Colorado, I think. Um, yeah. I. I wish Kemper would play a little better. Uh, at the start of the year, I thought they were number one in the whole league, but I their goalie hurts them. I find this year, I thought Kemper would be a lot better. Just, but everybody else just carries that team so far. But I don't really have anyone in the West that's close to the East. Just not as deep. Colorado has a good team, but that goaltending scares me, and it's <laughs> hard to win in playoffs without goaltending. Yeah, and I also I think they're a small team. That kind of worries me about the playoffs. Like I, I look at their back end, and even their forwards. Like they got they lost to Vegas because they kind of got outgunned, like outworked last year in, in the in the playoffs. And they're still a smallish team. I, I I would like for them to get a little bit of size in their back end if they could, because Gerard he struggled in the playoffs last year. He got outworked. He got out, and, and he just I'd like to have a little more diversity on that back end when it comes to skill, but also have some size with it. Yeah. I, I, um, I love the McDermott pickup. I think they really need that. Mm. Uh, they kind of remind me of Washington 10 years, you know, when they'd win all the president's trophies, but just didn't really have the playoff team or just couldn't get it past it, I guess. But Right. Great regular season, but Gerard, if you give Sammy Blay, I know he's in New York now, but – you give Revo and Sammy play seven games against Gerard. It's tough. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, now it's give Barbashev running at somebody like that, that wild hooligan. I mean, he he'll hit anything with a pulse. I mean, that, that guy. The whole St. Louis team will. will. That's yeah, what I love. That's what I love about their team. Bertuzzo yeah, well, they know they got the, the chief back there, and if they don't, he'll yeah. put them in a goddamn headlock in the or intermission. He'll lace them up himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, is Calgary number two for you? Because they, they've certainly played well over the last month and change. Yeah, and what I like about Calgary is <laughs> Markstrom. They have a great team. They're deep. Uh, but that I almost – fuck, it's a toss-up between those teams. I think Colorado's better, but in a, in playoffs, Markstrom can steal you. Yep. Steal you those games. I, one of those two teams I think is going to come out, and Markstrom might do it himself. Calgary's going to yeah. Put yeah, no, they're, in the net and he can take care of the rest. Yeah, they're really looking good. I mean, Kachuk having a bounce back year, Goudreau, Elias Lindholm, I think is the most important forward on that team. Just he keeps everything together. Obviously, they picked up to, to Foley from your Habs, who I think yeah. is already paying dividends there. And you know, they have an old school back end. You, you look at you like, okay, they got Zadorov, good Branson. Normally, you're like, oh God, you know, the the sabermetrics people hate their defense core because they're slow and old. And but it's been really good. Like I, I watched Good Branson. He looks like he's back in his old self. Like he he he's playing better now than he has in years. Yeah. And confidence. He's on a good team. Uh Frankie, they got a lot of big boys there. He doesn't have to go yeah. out and fight every night with a broken right. hand either, right? Yeah. Um the guys are Lucic, Sidorov, him, Richie. Richie. He doesn't. He can still play his game without having to chase people around. And really, I think that was his role for the last few years a lot, which took away from his other side of his game. And he's probably hurt more than more than he should have been, yeah. or sitting out more than he should have been. Um, I love that team, and you got another killer behind the bench too. He ain't letting <laughs> yeah. them slack. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, I, I'd be afraid to play for him. My God, you missing the Simers on that guy's just you know he's just sitting there breathing with his mask half off, just ready yeah. to just ready to throw down. That's why you got two cops in L.A. though. Those guys yep. are ready to roll. Yeah, exactly. Um, Montreal's in there tonight. Your Habs feeling your 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 Habs are starting to win games, which is not smart. I uh, pick up Patty Kane. <laughs> What are you happy they're winning games or what what are your thoughts? I know I know you're a tank guy. See, I know you can't be that thrilled. Yeah, uh I am a tank guy. I'm happy they're winning games, but at least they had a little cushion there. They won five in a row and they're still almost in last place. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just give them the old who is that GM when they had Horacek? At least brought in Horacek. Oh, uh Nonus. Nonus. You just I just think I love that they're like because you don't want people to quit or one out. But I think you just tie his St. Louis hands. You trade everyone away. You trade Allen. You trade Sherratt, Lacken, and Paquette. You make them play with AHL guys. And if they have good spirits, I don't think they have a really – like, ideally, if I had it my way, they lose every game for the rest of the year 5-4. And they compete, yeah. and they're not totally demoralized. Uh, right now, it seems like they're having a great time again. Like, too bad this wasn't four months ago. But, uh, yeah, I would I would tie his hands with just trading everyone away. Go ahead. Like you can't tell your coach to stop or your team to tank because that's Bush and they're gonna want out. No, no players is gonna tank, and right. you don't want a player that wants to tank. But I think you just trade everyone 
you shut down Price, you trade Allen, and I like Allen, but I just I just think you don't give him an uh, opportunity to win with trying to keep morale up. I guess. Yeah, or you just don't play him the rest of the year. Keep yeah. I are say rehab. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Would you trade Josh Anderson? Nope. I mean, for the right price, but I don't think you're going to get the right. I don't think right. you're going to get what he's worth, in my opinion. Especially to Montreal, they got a so many small. He's we needed him for so long. We have him for a fair deal, and uh, I wouldn't trade him. Hell no. Yeah, he's finally starting to play well again. Seems like he's rejuvenated. Like you said, rejuvenated. Hat trick the other night. A couple goals against Toronto. He he always scores in bunches. He can't just yep. score one. Like he'll score two and then not score one for four or five. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade him either. I I, I love him. Um, so I, locks for Montreal to be traded. Chirot for sure, right? I I think so. Yep. Yeah. Um, Gallagher. No, I don't think it's a lock. And who are, makes the, who are locks? Who do you think I are think, locks? Uh, Petrie. Nope. I, anyone with term is not a lock, in my opinion, because they have Montreal really doesn't have like Patty Kane. We, I mean, he's a star player, and everybody wants him. But one year, okay. But mm-hmm. a lot of these guys have four, five, three, four years. So no, I'm not yeah. taking these guys. And a lot of these teams can't. That's the thing. Summer maybe they lose couple couple guys, but like, what team is gonna want Gallagher that can add six and a half to their book? I'll right. take. I'll eat salary on a guy for one year or maybe two. But I'm not eating Gallagher's salary for five or six more years. No. No, neither. Be fired anyway by that time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think to answer your question, I think Sherratt's guaranteed gone. Already to Toronto in my mind. Like Me too. I need him, want him more. I think Weidman is actually a really good pickup for a team and for a low price. Mm-hmm. Um, Kulak, same thing, like fifth round pick or whatever, but uh Pro Paquette and I think Lekin is actually going to f- uh, fetch a fair return, and I think a lot of teams. It seems like a lot of teams want him. Yeah, he's kind of like just a. Again, he's a grinder. He'd be he'd be a bastard to play against because he's always in your face. He's buzzing around. I, I agree. I think they can get a third round pick. You know, a prospect for Lekin for sure. Um, he, he's a good little player, but yeah, you mentioned Toronto in that. Um, I I totally agree with you. I think. Uh, the fact that Sherrod's not on the team, uh, Dubas get on the horn. But um, they lose to Buffalo last night. They uh, kind of have this goalie controversy this week. Where do you, where the least stack up for you in threats in the East to to get to the Cup final? They're not a they're not a huge threat in my mind. They could be, but it's just the East is so stacked. They've never done it. Their goalies. Their goalie situation is great since I've been born. It's been well, no, it's been chaos for a while. No. But they also destroy their goalies. Like Campbell wasn't. I like Jack Campbell, but he's not a Vesna winner. You also you held him up to here, saying he's the best goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Just just let him be. But that's what Toronto does to every single player. So that's what happens when you say he's the best goal in the league and then he doesn't stop the puck for a month. Oh, now he's the worst goal. No, he's not the worst <laughs> goal in the league either. Yeah. I like Jack Campbell, but you got to get by Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky and Knight, uh, Freddie Anderson, who you had. Oops. Yeah. 
Shesterkin, like there's yeah. a lot of good goalies in the East. Now Toronto can get by some goalies because they have such good firepower, but I don't know. That's such a such a. I just don't think you can make it without a goalie. And I think Cole, just to the bigger point of your of your point, they always you mentioned they always kill their goalies. I totally agree, and they never improve their decor. Their defense core has been average to below average for two decades, and yet it's the goalie's fault. Yeah. Brian McCabe was their best defenseman for like five, six years. I love Caber, but, I mean, come on, Caberlet, the soft European going to the Hockey Hall of Fame, if you ask most Leaf fans. I mean, Dermot, Sandine, Lilligren, Hall, they're all the same guy. They're a fifth, sixth defenseman, You're gonna, and the way their D currently sit, you're going to have – one of them playing your top four. You watched the game last night. Sandine can't handle it. He had a terrible game last night. He got he got run all over the ice. We're playing Buffalo. So I think half the problem is they never upgrade the defense score appropriately enough to, to get themselves in a position to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I loved the move a few years ago and they got Muzzin, and that was the last time it seemed like they really had tried to address it. And I don't know. If I'm these these teams who have a shot, I get that Toronto still has a window like New York where Pittsburgh and Washington are, I think it's mm-hmm. a smaller window for them, but I like, I don't know. When I see these headlines as a Montreal fan, it kind of, I panic, but when they're like Toronto, why not call I Sherratt perfect playoffs, but that's a one year rental. Yep. I don't know. I'd pay for chicken. Yeah. When's it, like you said, when's the last time you would had you trade season? Nylander for Chikrin? Yep. Let me ask you this. I think I think you like this player. I think well, I I know you like this guy. Would you trade Nylander for Provorov? They yep. both have term. Yep. He's a guy that I thought that that trade could actually work for Toronto. Oh, oh yeah. And I Philly. Think. Because they both got th- three years left on their deal. Provorov's a good defenseman. He'd instantly be in your top four. There's no debate about that. He's had I, th- I don't think I think it could happen. I, it could be. I might be more than a straight up. I wouldn't be more. It wouldn't be much more for Philly. I mean, what else are you going to get for? I mean, that's a pretty good player to get in return for trading Ivan Provorov. Yeah, I just I find it's a little easier to find a Nylander than a Provorov. Um, oh, I totally agree. But I mean, <laughs> if Philly wants to move him, I. Basically, I'll give you a Nylander and plus for sure. Mm. For sure. Especially Toronto. Someone who doesn't yeah. have that depth, who needs it. Capital. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, Chikrin, oddly enough, who I think Provorov's a better player right mm. now, and I'm sure you'd agree, I think he would cost more than Provorov, oddly enough. Yeah. I just the salary cap screws everything so much. Like yeah, I feel like Chikrin's more valuable because he only makes four million. Yes, for another three years. But I love Pro. If Toronto get their hands on Provorov, fuck, I'd do that in a heartbeat. If any team can get their hands on Provorov, I would do it. Because Philly's an interesting team because they have so many guys. But what are they going to do? I mean, they're terrible. They're they're terrible. they're in the same not say same boat as Toronto, but when's the with the exception of Pronger. Yeah. When's the last time they've had a really good defenseman? Uh, it could be yeah, I can't recall. Like pro, I thought Pro Brov was close to that. I mean, without the little nastiness, but he he still 
plays nasty. And he's a good all-around defense. I really like Provorov. If a team can get their hands on him, I'd be all over it. Mm-hmm. And he's a playoff guy. I don't think he's going to absolutely beat your head in, but he finishes. He's not going to. He's not going to take bullshit. I'll tell you that. No, no, no. He plays the right way. And with Toronto, like Riley's great because he can skate with the boys, and yes. Provorov is equally as agile, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think Provorov is better than Riley. So they wouldn't have to sell that. But in the back of everybody's mind, we just got a, a number one defenseman to replace our number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, that was my my thought a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know if it'll happen or not. But, I mean, Philly's got a bunch of guys. I think Drew's going to be moved. I this Do you, do you like Travis Konechny? Because I think they're going to get calls on Konechny, and he's an interesting cat that they could possibly move at the deadline as well. Yeah, same thing. I'd pick him up in a heartbeat. I love the way he's a playoff guy in my mind too. He fights, he hits, he he's one of like he's one of those guys where if he's not scoring that game, he's gonna bring you something. Every day he can bring you something. He knows when he's not scoring, he's gonna fight, he's gonna piss someone off. He'd get Brad Marchand off his game in two seconds. Yeah. Right? He'd fight him and then after he fights, then he scores, I feel like. Right, yeah. <laughs> like same with Marchand too. Well, not that she fights, but uh I, it boggles me. I mean, no, there's goalie situation has really hurt Philly, but I thought they have been a good team the last few years and they just never can get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I love if either of those guys are available, I'd be all over them. Yeah. Especially yeah, Toronto. Would, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the back end, but yeah. Um, how about Giroux? Do you have a, do you have an ideal landing spot for him? He's interesting because you got JT Miller in there. You got other forwards that I think are more desirable. I think I'd rather have little Joe than than Drew. But if if Pavelski stays as an own rental for the Stars, uh, where where do you see Drew going? Uh, I I see him going to Colorado just because I think it fits. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, they're talking about him in Florida. But I I I take Pavelski over Drew. Me too. I would take a lot of these guys over Drew, and I think Drew is a good player. I just I just don't see where he fits on a lot of these contenders. Um, like, even if he goes to Colorado. What is He's he, a winger, line? if you ask me. Yeah, or third-line center. Like, yeah. and, I, and I don't think you're going to get him for cheap is the thing. Right. So, I don't, I, if you're if I have my first-round pick, most of these, I'd rather go first. I know I don't think Sherrod's as good as Giroux, but I'd rather Sherrod if I'm Toronto than, than Giroux. Totally um, agree. Yeah. yeah, I just think there's a lot of better people on the market. I think he'll get moved and he'll get a fair return, but I just think the asking price is too high for – I don't think he brings that much. I mean, Either. he does, but not in the playoffs. Like, all these other guys have a little – a different part of their game, that nastiness that their team needs. And Drew's just – to me, he's just another guy hopping on board. He's skilled, help with their power play, but I feel like a lot of these teams already have their number one, number two power play mm-hmm. guys. You're looking for the depth, the goalie or the – the guys who will do the dirty work. Yeah, and I even look like at New York. If I could get Giroux or a JT Miller and I have to pay a little bit more to get JT Miller, I get JT Miller. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, do you think Vancouver can make the playoffs or are they going to miss? I think they'll miss the playoffs. Yeah. How about the Oilers? I think they'll make the playoffs. And – so I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they're going to make a move. I think they have to make a move. For a goalie? Yeah. 
for sure. But it's been how many years coming? How many years is McDavid and Dreisaitl going to sit Six. there? Six, yeah. They might as well start shooting at their own ass. <laughs> it's it's not like you got to give those guys something. And yeah. I like, if you don't, then you're fired. So why not pay? Like if you're Ken Holland, if you miss the playoffs, I think he's fired. To see you later. So yeah. why not pay whatever you got? If it's Holloway, even if it's an overpayment, you got to get. I think you have to give. If anyone needs Flurry, it's Edmonton. He might not go there, but I don't and know. if you're Edmonton and you get in, who knows? Because that Pacific Division is not is not very good. Like you could get Vegas in the first round, which maybe Vegas can find it come playoff time. They get people back, but I don't think it's a guarantee Vegas beats anybody. Like Calgary is good right now, but they're they're not a perennial good playoff team. You get in, who knows? Maybe you find something and your seasons, it doesn't matter what happened in January, February, March, because you made the playoffs, you went on a heater. Like Dallas did a few years ago, like Montreal did last year. And these guys have stars, absolute stars. At what point are they like going to be good? At what point? Do you know yeah. what I mean? They have to try something here. And they we all know what the problem is. Yeah, if your Seidel yeah. doesn't beat that reporter to death, like <laughs> they need a goalie, Frank. Yeah, old Jimmy Matheson. He he just wants to hear Dry Seidel say, "Yeah, okay, gonna... you want me to say we need a goalie? Okay, we need a damn goalie." <laughs> Jimmy's gonna pick up Flurry at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't get Flurry, would you uh, look to acquire Georgiev? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. I I I kind of earlier I always kind of. Seen Allen a good fit there, just because they were uh, cash strapped. He has a cup. Um, he's not the answer, but I think he's a he's helped for sure. Right. Um, if he if they got out Cal or Cal, Allen three months ago, maybe yeah. Tippett's still there. Right. Yeah. Could. Yeah. I could see that because he he's played on bad teams. We played at Montreal earlier this year, and they were bad. But at least he played played hard. Yeah. He can't not say like Jack Campbell. I don't need the shutout. Stop. Mm -hmm. You can let in three every night. That's fine. Yeah. We'll put up four. Yeah. <laughs> but we can't have seven go in. Right. We're not going to win that game. Yeah. I uh, know. Uh, interesting stuff. Lots to figure out down the stretch. Teams trade deadline on the horizon with, with player, with uh, lots of guys going to be moved. Uh, I wanted to ask you about. I know you're a baseball fan. Uh, how frustrated were, were you seeing that uh, the lockouts continuing here? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating for sure. Uh, spring training, I mean, I'm willing to lose a little bit of spring training, but I think I'm going to get more, more frustrated each day, uh, especially when it's a little easier when other sports, a lot of other sports are being played right now. So it's right. not as much on the front, but hopefully they get it figured out soon. I, I don't get it. There's so much in my opinion, there's a lot of money involved in baseball. <laughs> like everyone's getting good. Everyone's getting paid good besides the, the minor league guys. And it's, it's nothing. I feel like, uh, freaking Scherzer could pay. Scherzer would make more than every minor leaguer combined in North mm -hmm. America. Yeah. So, so there's money there for sure. I just, I don't <laughs> greedy owners. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think greedy owners and, 
you know, it's so tough because everybody at the collective bargaining agreement for the players are rich players. Garrett Cole, Scherzer. I'm like, how about we just send, you know, Dominic Leone or, you know, the mid-level reliever to the meeting because they're not making great money either. So send some minor leagues. Send those guys that really don't make any money. And the I think the biggest problem, Cole, is those and then the service time. The young guys that are kept in the minor leagues longer than they should be just because of some salary cap and to keep you longer service time bullshit. That has to stop too because it's terrible for your game because, you know, bad franchises can at least – you're going to show up to the park to see good players. And also players deserve to get to free agency sooner than they are right now. Mm-hmm. But maybe a little more parity too. Maybe Scherzer doesn't need fifty million dollars a year, and the minor yeah. leaguers need more than fifty bucks a week. Right. Like, yes. I'm sure they can share the wealth a little more, but like you said, if Scherzer's at the table doing the discussions, he ain't giving up his forty-five million dollars a year. No. Right. He ain't fighting for the minor league guys making hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a week, or whatever the hell they're making. It ain't much. No, I mean, he could sell his Rolls Royce and pay all their salaries, like you said. Like, if he, uh, but three pitches would pay his whole minor league <laughs> salary for the year. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, greedy owners for sure, because they always say, oh, we, we tried to get a deal done. Did you? The deal should have been done then. If you tried yeah. that hard. Like, anyway, uh, baseball. Um, I want to also get your take on some golf news. And I I don't know if you heard this the other day on Overdrive, but uh, Steve Sands of the Golf Channel was on and uh, and, uh, NBC Sports. He was talking about Phil Mickelson. Obviously, Phil's in a bit of a pickle right now, going through some bad PR. And he even said that he thought that Augusta, you know, the Masters, might ask Phil not to show up this year and basically say, you know, don't show up, say it's different stuff, but – you're not invited because you have to be invited to play the masters. Even if you won there before, because of all his bad PR and all the sponsors dropping him, all of this, do you think that could realistically happen here? Yeah. I think I, w- I was watching overdrive. Maybe it was a different night, but I think o- O-Dog was saying they had the audacity to talk to tiger about adultery. Right? Yeah. It had nothing to do with the game. Yeah. If they're, if they're willing to do that to tiger, I think they're definitely willing to sit out Philios. Yeah. Okay. Like, K- Casey know. in the comments, Phil and Cole are both polarizing figures. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's not He's not wrong. Uh, he's not, yeah, I I mean, it's a big deal when I saw Callaway drop him because he's been the – I mean, you know, you golf, you know the sponsors and the companies better than me. I, I can't putt. But uh, he – <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but he's he's been the face of Callaway for like a decade, right? Like he he's yeah. he's the poster boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big loss. And like if you think Tiger, he didn't get dropped from Nike. Right. Like Phil's Phil that this is almost bigger than Tiger. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this either. The player, the new player assistance program where you, how many likes in Google searches you get, you get money. Phil, I mean, Tiger and Phil finished one, two. Like, they're both old men. Like, yeah, Phil won a major, but Tiger didn't take a swing last year. He gets 10 million bucks just, just for being Tiger Woods. I love it. And yeah. I think he deserves it. There's, uh, he and he's fun. I had, didn't watch golf. I like golf, but 
I remember I didn't watch it when he come back. What are you in the U.S.? He won some four or five years no. ago. That first won win. the Masters there. He was it the Ma Masters? He come back and won. When, when he won the win. Masters, and then his son came out, gave him a big hug there. Yeah, was that the Masters? Yeah, Masters. Like I didn't. I watched golf here and there, but when he started to heat up that weekend, I was glued to the TV. He's mm -hmm. must see TV for for everyone. I think he means more than anyone to the game. Maybe more to the game than any. Like he's the biggest. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but he's bigger than anyone in football. He's bigger than anyone in baseball. He means more to golf than anyone else means to their sport. I think. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. He's yeah, he's He's a larger than life figure for sure. And mm. yeah, I. Uh, and what he's done is just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, oh, in his play, and I also think what you know, it's off the field. That's been overblown. I mean, I get it. He cheated on his wife, but. A lot of people do that and they don't get, you know, raked over the coils for for committing adultery. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Just because they're the whole North America, the whole world thought Tiger was their uncle. Right. Like, right. They're acted that way. Like, fuck, it's none of your business, but everyone has who, to have a say. Who who's your favorite player on tour right now now that Tiger's sidelined? Still Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I don't mind John Ram and I, I like Fleetwood. Yeah. Yeah. Does he like Fleetwood Mac or? <laughs> no, I like his salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He always just shows up for the major. He usually plays well at Augusta. Yeah. 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 No. He never uh, wins anything, though. <laughs> looks good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it certainly does. Um, how about the Shambo? You a fan? Nope. No, I don't think he's a horrible golfer, but I just not my cup of tea. Uh, I don't know. Shut it's up too and slow golf. Or that, what, what don't you that's like my opinion. Yeah, just to my, my, just shut up and golf is my kind of view. I don't know. Maybe that's coarse to say, but he I, it's like a pity party. I don't know. He always needs or complaining. I hate that's what it is. He complains too much. I find or. I like I like him more than Patrick Reed, but after that, yeah, I don't know. Just and he's great. Why 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 can't you just ex mow the ball down, shut up, and I don't know. That's what I love about Tiger. Like he yeah, would take I, up to them to their face, or I don't know. Like he had this aura about him, but yeah, Deschambeau's pissing everyone off. Where I don't know, or has to say he always has. It's not your PGA. It's right. Not, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't whenever know. like he got the rules, guys, and that was really annoying because it would slow play down and he then he'd start being like Justin Rose where he takes twenty minutes to take a swing and I'm just ready to lose it on the guy. But I can the way he plays, you know, he, with the with the weights and the way he swings and everything. I, he we he hasn't played in over a month and a half. Like, do you think his body is gonna start breaking down? Because you play golf, like is is that a, is that sustainable? What what he does, how you know how aggressive he plays, and just the, the type of golf that he plays. Uh, see, I play golf pretty loose, a little loose. Hard to believe. Yeah, <laughs> but I just he also, um, I'm I know Tiger put in a lot of work. Um, I think it was a lot mechanical, mental. Where, but I think Deshambo might 
take care of his body better than anyone in the PGA. I could be wrong, but it certainly seems that way. Um, I just think he's so dedicated that he'll be all right. Um, right. Injuries and stuff, and he'll battle through them or get the proper – I think he's really invested in his health or – like I don't know if it was COVID. The first time COVID hit, he put on like 40 pounds or something like that in four months. Mm-hmm. Or, I yeah. just – I actually think he is really dedicated and um, pays attention to his health and all that, so I think he'll be all right uh, personally. And if he – Greg, if he – if he loses 20 pounds and he's still a big boy, you can hit the ball hard. Like, I think he'll be all right. Yeah. And the thing is, I think the PGA tour needs him because the best thing you can have is people love somebody and hate somebody in sports. Cause that creates a debate. It creates a polarizing figure and for better or for worse, DeShambo is one of the biggest names on tour right now. He's a villain and he's good. That's what you need. Like a Matt villain or a Matt cook is a villain, but. Right, you don't, he's not a Matt Cook. He's a Marshawn, right? He right. can also bring it. He brings like he's in the running, and you hate him, which is I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think he is good for the game. I don't like him, but I think he's good for the game. And aren't uh, he's kind of like he revs up Tech to play better. I think. Yeah. And these other guys like fuck. I want to I want to beat this fucking prick. Yeah. Fucking okay, nice hat. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think that's what that's what they're thinking. Like, oh, I think so too. Like, clearly, like McElroy hates him. Like, I, I kind of, I used to not really be a big fan of McElroy. I'm starting to like him more now. That he's calling out Phil, and he's like, oh, just Shambo sucks, and you, he's just like, kind of like fuck it now. And I, I'm really enjoying the new and improved Rory McElroy. Yeah, me too. I always like Rory. What's wrong yeah. with I don't know? It's like a sport where like uh, I don't know. It's okay to have a rivalry or hate. I mean, yes. Don't spit on the lad, but like, I love like it. Tiger and, v- and Vijay Singh hated each other, and mm-hmm. it was good for golf because, yeah, Vijay didn't win that often, but at least it was competitive. You knew these two could not stand one another. <laughs> Phil and Tiger weren't friends. You know, like, they're they're great, but they might be chummy now. They might do that stupid little golf they do with Tom Brady every once in a while, but, like, it, they don't like it. Like, you need hatred in sports. I agree. Michael Jordan hated everybody. Why do you think the guy was so compelling? Because they knew they he hated them and they hated him back. Mm-hmm. And that sells. But, that's what every sport that that sells more than people are watching Kekba Deshambo press conference when nobody watches a fucking golf press. Not nobody, but golf fans. Unless you're a diehard fan. Yeah, but I'm watching uh, Kekba chirp Deshambo just to get a chuckle out of it. Where I'm not watching press conference i love tiger but I'm he's a terrible watching. interview tiger yeah he's terrible yeah it's almost like not i know ufc's or whatever like boxing crazy because they go too far but that's what <laughs> sells it yeah you know what i mean yeah no 100 percent. and yeah uh yeah i want to see what happens with with bryson because i i kind of hope he comes back and he's even worse and what would be the ideal trio cole this is my my dream at a major. You get Bryson with Kepka and Patrick Reed. The three of them playing together. Like, I think Kepka would take the driver and hit him both over the head. Because Patrick Reed would be playing slow, cheating, foot wedge like Sheamus out in the dirt, you know, trying to get the ball, <laughs> picking it, picking it ahead. Then you have the Shambo who's got his caddy like farting in the wind to see where or see where it's gonna uh, bounce, see how the wind is, testing all that out with its range finder. 
Nick Kapka's just like, hit the damn ball. Like, I think that would be great TV. If, if the majors schedule guys that they knew didn't like each other and put them together, if they had some balls, that would sell the product even more. It would make, it would make it even more compelling. And I think the people that are doing these tournaments should do it, have the balls to do it and say, you know what? Hey, Kepka, Hey, DeChambeau, you're playing with each other Thursday, Friday. It's, it's just happening. Deal with it. I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. And here's $3 million. You don't like it. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who cares if yeah. they don't like it? They're making millions of dollars. Right. If you don't like it, go home. Like you're playing at a major. It's not like you're like, okay, I'm gonna leave. Well, no. You you look at the purse. You're like, okay, I'll put up with this hooligan for two days. Shoot 14 under. He'll be collecting his stipend, missing the cut, and I'll be playing at the final final uh, group uh, Saturday Sunday. And if you really hate him, fucking kick his ass that day. Gain five strokes on him, and you know what I mean. Exactly. Him, chirp him. Yeah. I think yeah. you should let them. Don't. I mean, I'd like to see them fight too, but. I get that you can't like hot, like hot mic them both. Yeah. Or don't and let them freaking let her fly. Yeah. Just get like Steve Sands. Sands. He's back there. He's like right in the middle of them. He's just, he's got his little mic and they're just like, you suck at the shambo or a nice pot. <laughs> yeah. Get a count going for the freaking swings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that would be, that would get be Johnny awesome. Knoxville there with the air horn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what what do you uh, gotten to go tonight? Any uh, any game tickling your fancy you're watching tonight? Any shows you're watching lately? What what's up with you tonight? I got a beer league game, so I'll probably go puke a couple times there. I don't know. <laughs> get get pucks deep and change probably. Yeah. <laughs> the old cardio ain't what she used to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's the team? Uh good good we just started playoffs i just got a new team one of my teams we uh lost a goalie so we went down but hopped uh went over to the k on the other side of the river more money and greener hop right in the playoffs so see how she yeah. goes <laughs> yeah are you the type of guy in beer league that's hoping to keep winning or with the puking and the cardio and that you hoping for a couple l's upcoming here Oh, whatever happens, happens. But uh, I'm not crying after the game or before the game or barking at the ref who makes five bucks. That might be my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Yelling at a 40-year-old ref that makes $10. About yeah. an offside that's not offside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. How about Flames Canadians? You going to watch that one or is that too late for you? 10? Yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah, I'll probably roll in, but by the time I roll in, house probably be up three or four there. Then they'll lose by the end of her. But how about the game the other night? Winnipeg. Fucking throwing Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> four points in a row. Break. What about are, yourself? Are you, uh, are you, you an in-game one... better? Are you an in-game better? I just started and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was I had pro I just finally got on uh three sixty five and great uh, right. great site great platform and very fair odds not that i have much money to to throw out there but it still makes it much more much interest like yeah uh, it's definitely worth it no i hear you yeah i'm, I'm not a big I, gambler either but i i like the pl i think the platforms are certainly interesting and well could, if you were to bet where do you think if you were to throw your all your money you had if kane shipped where is he going to end up 
Rangers. Rangers? Mm-hmm. Just because it's easiest to facilitate or? Yeah, I Why? just think it's it's the easiest one to pull off. I think they got the assets to do it. And I think he'd accept a trade there too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's an easier sell for him to say, you'll trade you New York. You could win a cup this year and then go to Washington. I just don't see Washington winning a cup, even if they get Patrick Kane. Yeah. Maybe Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's an easier sell. Yeah. You can play with Crosby. But I look at Washington. I, they're, they're, they're the team you want to play the most in the East, for sure, for me, in the, in the playoffs. Especially with Samsonov right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, if I had to throw my money, I'd probably say the Rangers. I like your Pittsburgh idea. I don't think they'll trade him to a team in the West unless it's a really good deal because they'll want him in the I East. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but Carolina's not going to do it. Florida can't do it. Tampa's not going to do it. I mean, Toronto might. It would make no sense. But they love doing that, not to get in defense, so they could do that. Um but yeah, I, I think New York or, or Pittsburgh make make a lot of sense. But I mean, that would be a Berkey move. I mean, he likes to. I think he wants to go for it for sure. I mean, I think he knows. I don't think he wants to be there when the rebuild fully starts and they have to talk to Sid about moving him. And Pittsburgh's be interesting because do will they re-sign Malkin and Latang this offseason? They're both unrestricted free agents. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what they do with those two guys. I think it also depends on how they finish this year. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, what about what's your uh, view on Flurry? Where do you think he ends up? Um, I don't. The thing is with Flurry, it's so tough because he has the whole say because uh, he's got the full no move. So I don't think he wants to go to Edmonton, and I I get that for him. Yeah. His family is in the states for the last you know decade. So, um. I think Minnesota makes some sense. I don't know if they're looking at that. Uh, but honestly, Cole, I know they poo-pooed it, but if I'm Vegas, I'm making a call. They'd have to eat some salary, but if Leonard's out long-term, Vegas has to just to make the playoffs here. Like, they, they got to – Laurent Brassois is not, is not a, is a backup goalie. That's what he is. And I think it's going to be a dogfight for them just to make the playoffs if Leonard's not playing down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? And you got Stone sitting. Now, do you think Stone can hop back in any day if he wants to? Probably. Yeah. But they'd have oh. to move out salary to do it. Mm-hmm. They have no a... cap. They got they got two hundred grand in cap room. What a kick in the balls! They're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot, and you got your captain sitting out. When if you have him, you probably make playoffs. Like I, I think if the, if they're in that dire straits, I think Stone will come back. They'll probably have to trade Riley Smith to do it. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're going to have to move something out. Or uh, Dadnoff, but I don't know who's really craving him for another year at $5 million. Montreal. I mean, one of those, Phoenix. Yeah, you got to, I would, though. Take, I'd, if I'm Montreal, then I'd take on Dadnoff. Maybe Arizona would. would he's, just not that, to, he's a good player. He's just not worth his $5 million, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, he's worth probably three, and he's like probably a cap, a cap floor team. Like maybe Arizona would do it, or plus give me something else. That's what I mean. I think he's worth yeah, a sweetener, absolute yeah. garbage. Yeah, he's not worth his money, and that's where so many teams get friggin' handcuffed. You pay a guy just a little too much, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta give a first round pick just to move him. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was a bad trade to begin with for Vegas. I didn't really get it. He had a tough year in Ottawa, and they are, now they're going to trade him less than a year later. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. A lot of moving parts here. Um, but, yeah, uh, you got your beer league game tonight, Montreal, Calgary. Um, Pittsburgh uh, Lightning should be a good game tonight as well. I think I'll yeah. check out that game. Yeah. Um, do you like you trust Tristan Jari going into the playoffs? I wouldn't have before this year, but I just I think he's having a great year, and I I don't know why. Just randomly, I've seen him play probably five or six times this year, and I've he's been stellar. Mm-hmm. And not I said I th- you need a gun to win, but in Pittsburgh, I think as long as you're average, I think they can get. I don't think Flurry was an absolute gun when they won. He was a good goalie, and I love Flurry, but. I think if Jerry can just keep playing the way he's playing, they can get it done. Or they have a good shot at getting it done for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Like I watched them play the Rangers this past weekend and that was a a dog fight of a game, but they he he went toe to toe with Shesterkin and it was mm-hmm. it was a battle, but he came out on top. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to play Pittsburgh either, but I'll uh, I'll let you go. I know you got to get to the beer league and I uh I appreciate you taking the time tonight, man. It's always, always fun chat with you and we'll do it again as we get closer to the deadline, but uh, take care and, and we'll chat soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's Cole McDonald, everybody. Uh, always fun talking with Cole. Uh, he threw some curveballs at me. Uh, the Pittsburgh Washington. I did not see that. I think it's interesting. Uh, I didn't even think of Pittsburgh. I, but I, I agree with Cole. Um, if I'm a Pittsburgh who, is very much win now. Their window is closing by the minute. Go get players. Don't think, well, we'll just go get a depth piece. No, try to win. Screw draft picks. Screw, especially if you're a GM. Okay, you go through a rebuild. You might not be the GM running the rebuild because they might just get rid of you. So, it, you know, New York's in a different position because I think their their window is very long. They got a goalie that's young. They got Panarin. They got these young guys that can win. Pittsburgh's very finite. I think for a team like Toronto, their window's closing. They're not as good as, as they once were. I think, you know, they had their team originally, they thought we could win two to three Stanley Cups. I think they kill for one right now. Dubas, his career the next couple weeks are really important because – He's built a good team, but if they keep losing, eventually you can't fire all the players. Is he going to fire his buddy from Sault Ste. Marie? Maybe, but eventually it will be him. So, again, as my, I hear the Patrick Kane rumors. I'm starting to read it on TSN after I talked about it on Tuesday, oddly enough, so I give myself credit for starting that rumor. But um, I, uh, I, think, I think he's going to be moved. He never has been. But a new GM, the team stinks. They need to have a full rebuild. Um, I'm sure they'd love, you know, they got lucky with the draft lottery with Doc a few years ago. Wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, Chicago wanting to get into the Shane Wright sweepstakes. I've watched Shane Wright play 10, 11 times. I don't think he's an elite player. I don't think he's going to be an Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid home run, but he's a first overall pick. I'll take a first overall pick, then I'll take a fourth. And that's just basic math. I'm a, I'm a genius, but you can figure that one out. So, again, uh, tonight's tonight's games in NHL: Penguins, Lightning. Looking forward to that one. That should that should be fun. Uh, Hurricanes, Caps. Uh,
Capitals are on a skid right now. They're not playing well. Then they got Carolina. That's a fun little matchup. Canadians, Flames, Oilers are in Chicago. I assume uh, they brought all their scouts to look at Flurry tonight as they play the Blackhawks. He's a confirmed starter. No surprise there. Um, it's just getting him to accept the deal there. Maybe if Drysdale and McDavid put up a five-six spot on him, he's like, eh, maybe maybe we can do something here. Bruins are in Vegas as well as they finish off a road trip. So a good Thursday night's always a good night for the NHL when it comes to games. I think we'll see another good smattering of games tonight. Um, we also got the Arnold Palmer. I'm, I talked about it with Cole about different things, but today uh, Rory McIlroy, great day, had a 65. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau won the tournament last year. He's not playing because of his injury, so we can't defend his title. But you got Billy Horschel, five under. JJ Spawn, Bo Hostler. So a couple, uh, you know, kind of unknown guys playing well. Sun JM, Ian Poulter, the veteran up top, Will Zalatoris, Happy Gilmore's caddy, uh, having a good day as well. But you look at, you know, some of the bigger names in the field, it was a slow day. Sam Burns went one under. John Rahm only one under today. Um, Corey Connors from Canada, even par. Uh, Matthew Wolf, even par. So, some of the bigger names in the field uh, haven't didn't have great days, but Rom at one under, he could he could do some damage. He's a guy that can that can find his game and before you know it, uh, be in a position to win the golf tournament. So I wouldn't rule him out. But Rory McIlroy's been on a bit of a skid, is now in the leader by two strokes heading into the second round tomorrow. He'll play the afternoon at Bay Hill. Um. Tomorrow's podcast, Matt Wright was supposed to join me. Uh, he had a work commitment. So it's just going to be me and the podcast tomorrow, but I'll be back. And tomorrow's going to be fun because uh, we're going to talk college hoops. Uh, I'm going to kind of give a primer to all of you, do some research myself. I've been watching a lot lately, getting really invested, even for my uh, listeners out there that don't love basketball. You know, I March Madness, I can get you invested. Even if you don't like the NBA, college basketball is different. Even for my buddy Casey out there, I can get you invested in college hoops. Uh, we're also going to talk UFC, big pay-per-view over the weekend. UFC 272, Covington, Masvidal, the grudge fight, and also some really good fights on the card as well. We'll talk about that. Recap the NHL from this evening. Uh, talk about the NBA. I'll get into more of that tomorrow. Um just how good the Eastern Conference is. Uh, we'll talk about the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll talk about the return of Kevin Durant, who will get on the court tonight. Um, so a lot to get into tomorrow. Fun show today. And oh, Casey pipes in. I'd watch NCAA over NBA. There you go. I think all of you will. March Madness, March 17th. Uh, so we'll get you primed for that. But thanks for listening today. Thanks to Cole McDonald for joining me. Always fun. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 p.m. Have a great night, everybody. This has been To The Point.